moment, the curtain will go up on the... Welcome once more to the supper. All right, physicians. In radio drama, there's... That's right. Now listen to me. We hope you'll listen each week to our new series, Attraction One. Hello and welcome to On the Earwaves, a podcast about the things we hear. My name is Lisa Martin Jenkins. And I'm Emmy Bell. This week we're switching things up a bit in that our guest is none other than (laughs) You! We asked listeners to send in their suggestions for this week's theme and they will be interspersed throughout the show. So our topic this week is songs that make us cry which we stole pretty blatantly from NPR's All Songs Considered series of that name. We will be listing and discussing some of our personal favorite tear-inducing sad songs, Um, but we'll also be discussing the trope of the sad girl as it relates to music fandom um, before we jump into your picks. I'm super excited for this one. When I was thinking about my picks for this week, uh, a lot of the songs that I chose came into my life when I was still a teenager and definitely full of a lot of angst and lots of emotions. Um, But the songs still affect me today, sometimes for different reasons and sometimes for the same reasons. But just thinking back about that time in my life when I was 100% a sad girl on many days (laughs) um, made me think of this article I read last year. I think it came out last year um, that... Lindsay Zolads wrote for Pitchfork. It's called Pretty When You Cry, uh, which is a reference to the Lana Del Rey song of the same title. And she sort of just talks about being a woman and experiencing music as a woman and specifically listening to to music that falls under the sad girl category. And today in, in modern archetypes, I think Lana Del Rey really has filled that void but in the mid early 2000s I feel like is when that kind of started like the sad girl trope and and she talks about Jenny Lewis being the one for her like her her sad girl (laughs) that she looked up to um especially during the Rilo Kylie period so do you want to go into a little bit about what the sad girl trope is specifically I mean the way that Pitchfork describes it in the in the little intro blurb for the article is the gloomy online teenage girl aesthetic. Yeah, I think there's this element of kind of performative sadness. The way this article is introduced actually sums it up pretty well. It says, in a culture that expects women to be happy, shiny objects, sadness can become its own form of defiance. Lindsay Zolads, the author, details the perfectly gloomy online teen girl aesthetic typified by the all-encompassing sorrow of Lana Del Rey. She actually, in the article, also sort of presents the sad girl as the anti-empowered woman, but not that not that it's not empowered in its own way, but it sort of offers an alternative to the empowered woman pop song, which has become really popular. And I think both are really, really important, and I relate to both, but on different days, I feel more empowered in like a, I want to listen to a pop music that talks about being a feminist and then some days I'm like I just want to live in this feeling of being sad and frustrated with the world so yeah interestingly I actually think some of my favorite artists are those that are able to encompass 
both the sad girl and the empowered woman in the same album and the same voice. Um, I actually think Beyonce is as kind of the 21st century's it girl as far as empowered women goes does a really good job of that. Her albums, even though we normally think of Love on Top or we think of Crazy in Love, which are these really kind of loud, happy romance pop songs kind of, hip-hop songs. Um, she actually has a lot of songs like I Was Here, like I Care, like If I Were a Boy, that are very much in the vein of Jenny Lewis, obviously in a much different style. But And I think... Like the content. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. content is similar and the vibe is similar and... That is one of the reasons that Beyonce is one of my favorite artists of all time, because she kind of has something suited to every possible occasion. The author positions Lana as not being able to really make that crossover between being both a sad girl and an empowered woman, and that's what she sees as the weakness in sort of her persona as an artist. And I, and I kind of agree with that, though. I think that in the case of Lana Del Rey, it's intentional, and a lot of what she's doing is is kind of more akin to performance art, really, yeah, than agree. anything. But um, for the author specifically, she said that Jenny Lewis, who was her version of a sad girl when she was a teenager, um, does make bridge that gap. And she, there's a great quote. She writes, I realize now that it wasn't exactly, quote, sadness, but a particular kind of strength, one that allows the contradictions, complexity, and emotional range of a lived experience that I was responding to in Jenny Lewis. And I think that quote kind of sums up just like how I feel about all the songs that make me cry in general, that there's a power in their sadness and that I don't only feel upset and sad when I listen to them, but the cathartic experience of them making me cry is is sort of empowering in its own way. Yeah, and I think that's why we like sad music to begin with, because as far as things that are sad goes music is not really on the top of most people's list like no. music is generally considered a really joyful thing and so I think that contradiction is what is so attractive about listening to sad songs is there's something beautiful about them there is something that feels that feels kind of intimate and simultaneously really collective about music but when it is specifically sad music that is an interesting com- complexity I think so to jump into our picks, I know this episode is going to be kind of a lot of us talking about our personal experience, but hopefully it's something that people will feel. We'll try to relate it to all yeah. of you and, and yeah, make some it broader. <laughs> yeah, and also I think we're really hoping to get a lot of feedback and hope hoping to hear kind of what you guys think of what are your kind of songs that make you cry. So first up, um, I'm going to talk about a song. By the Drums, which is a band that I mentioned a few weeks ago, and it's called Down by the Water, which I think is one of the more well-known drum songs, and I'll just play it right now and then kind of get into why why I've picked it. If you fall asleep down by the water, baby, I'll carry
oh, that song, already in tears. Um, (laughs) So I have always thought of the song as kind of glum, but a few months ago I went to a music festival in Los Angeles called FYF, and the drums were playing there, and somehow I, I had gone to the festival with like 10 people that I knew, but I somehow ended up completely alone during the drums and it was sunset and the it was just kind of very shady and everyone around was, nobody was really dancing. Everyone was just kind of standing around in this kind of twilight, swaying back and forth to the drums. And this song just like broke my heart. Like there was something about experiencing it so collectively despite the fact that the sentiment is so incredibly like desperate and lonely and that you could just kind of feel absolutely everybody in the audience thinking about a person or many people that they connect with this really simple sentiment um i actually read a little while ago a description of the lyrics and what kind of drew the lyricist to write them and he's trying to capture this I guess desperation that comes when you're just trying to convince someone, whether romantically or a friend or a family member, about how much you love and care about them and how you would do absolutely anything for them and having them just not be able to wrap their mind around that and kind of the impossibility of really conveying that in any real way. I'm going to talk about this later with with one of my picks as well, but just that you can hear almost like his voice straining yeah yeah to really you can tell how how emotional it is for him the writing i think that's really powerful yeah um okay i mean do you want to move on to yours yeah okay so the first song that i chose is the world at large by modest mouse let's give it a listen Sage heat wave can't complain if the world's at large. Why should I remain? Walked away to another plant. Gonna find another place, maybe one I can stand. I move on to another day, to a whole new town with a whole new way. Went to the porch to have a thought. Got to the door and again I couldn't stop. You don't know where and you don't know when. But you still got your words and you got so, your friends. Yeah. That, that <laughs> song is super... That's like for for my existential days. My, my ennui and restlessness. <laughs> so much ennui. Uh, yeah, seriously though. I mean, it's about feeling trapped by places, but perhaps also by people, by by your current circumstances, by really anything, I don't know. I think it just like applies to so many different different circumstances of feeling yeah, like like the world is just the world is at large. <laughs> the, the world is out there and you don't know exactly where you fit into it and maybe you don't fit anywhere at all. And that's like the deep rooted fear is that no matter where you go, even if you, you keep you keep moving and changing up you're where you are and who you're around like will will we ever ever 
achieve our, our true our true place i mean and like arguably we won't because we're all alone in the end. <laughs> <We're not. laughs> Sorry. just just that's i mean hey that's that's existentialism for you yeah um no but anyway this is getting a little, a little too dark <laughs> i know we're getting to a little, too dark, a little too dark too early um <laughs> not that it's gonna get better no but, but anyway uh, for me like choosing one modest mouse song was super difficult because to be honest like their entire like discography makes me cry and isaac brock the lead singer also has a super he has one of those voices where you can like really hear the emotion in it at all times yeah and i mean he just has like a crazy backstory and like so many of the modest mouse songs are just like the more you learn about who inspired them or what inspired them the more depressing it is but god what a great band yeah anyway this is one that i almost just i almost well i had on my list actually and we we kind of fought it out over who was gonna (laughs) discuss it but i completely sympathize with just everything you've said and i think especially because it's not as slow it's not as kind of funeral march like yes some of these other typical sad songs yeah and i think that is what is so sad about it is kind of the the contrast between this existential crisis that it's portraying and this i don't know Uh, it's almost upbeat yeah i mean not really but kind of yeah Yeah, it's more so than the others yeah that we've chosen yeah so moving on (laughs) to something really upbeat here oh yeah (laughs) um my next choice is a probably kind of obvious one and I can kind of hear everybody rolling their eyes (laughs) but it is something that has consistently made me cry since I was like in elementary school so sorry we keep laughing by the way this is so funny it's like it's like our defense mechanism like songs that make us cry and we're trying not to cry here when we're recording this I know we're we're laughing (laughs) like laughing at ourselves and each other Uh, so my second song (laughs) is Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Although I think a lot of people do really good versions of it. But Jeff Buckley, the Grace album in general, is just so incredibly heart-wrenching. I I couldn't choose, really. Lilac Wine was also up there as far as my sad songs go. But I think what's interesting is I know in both the Shrek soundtrack and in the (laughs) OC soundtrack... They have two different versions of Hallelujah. And when I think on both of those, I imagine that it is the Jeff Buckley version. Like when somebody mentions the Shrek mm-hmm. soundtrack, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, the Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah. Not not the version that they use, but I remember that scene and that the, the, the Hallelujah song in Shrek really breaking my heart as a like seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then in middle school, when I watched final episode of season three of the oc yeah spoiler here if you have not seen season three of the oc you might want to skip ahead by 30 seconds (laughs) but the scene where marissa dies i was watching this episode with a friend who lived around the corner and we watched it every tuesday wednesday night whatever it was on and the episode was almost over there were like four minutes left and we were both just in a pool of tears just sobbing as hallelujah played and ryan is sobbing and marissa's bleeding on the ground and my dad came downstairs and kind of knocked on the living room door and was like are you guys done like i want to watch the basketball game and we both in this kind of 
wail like go away it's not over yet and i think it was my first experience with real cathartic crying at something that is just so in the moment and so teenage in a lot of ways but also something that is still sad like when i think about that <laughs> that scene and that song it, like it is just kind of encompasses sad things and kind of the first way that I encountered it. And there's some great wind happening outside. Yeah, Sorry, just, listeners. Just <laughs> the, there might be some feedback in this episode because it's super windy in Los Angeles <laughs> right now. And the palm fronds are, are hitting the building. I'm not even joking. So on that kind of gloomy, stormy note, I'm going to play a clip of Hallelujah. Well, I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing Um, just a quick note, Emmy and I are currently tucked into bed right now just to really get into the mood <laughs> of how cozy and kind of melancholy this is and there's a storm happening outside, so we are might actually kind of dissolve into, into a tears. pool of tears I know, soon. I'm, I'm feeling like that was really emotional. We might need to take some breaks. Like having a lot of memories. Nice. I just really quick, really quick, want to throw in there this one really incredible experience I had with that song that I told you about before, Lisa. Where okay, so I was at a party in high school. It was like a Halloween party, and for some reason, like someone decided that that song should be put on. Really, not like a party song in, in any circumstance, but odd choice. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this incredibly powerful thing happened. There were like 15 people in the room and everyone stopped talking and sat down and listened together. And I looked around and we were all, if not crying, at least teared up. That's the power of, of a real... Jeff Buckley. Real, yeah, of Jeff Buckley, but also just like a real sad song, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of this kind of coming together despite the fact that everybody is experiencing their own very, very solitary personal thoughts and that's why songs like that work so well in in films and in tv shows because no matter who's watching you can kind of all have that experience together totally lovely all right well moving on to the next one um my second choice is the only thing by sufjan stevens which is off his latest album carrie and lowell came out this summer which in general is one of the most heart-wrenching albums I've ever heard in my life. It's gorgeous. And I'm a huge Sufjan Stevens fan. Just going to put that out there. I know Lisa is too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, over the course of his career as a musician, he's just put out 
so much amazing music. A lot of it. it so much. Definitely categorizes like sad songs, very emotional. Um, interesting that he really like spans the range from true folk to electronic music more recently in his career, um, which I love because I'm a fan of so many genres. But um, yeah, this album, he's been very open about it, is about his mother's death. And he has always talked about how he had a very negative, well, or at least tumultuous relationship with her. And this song is sort of about that feeling of loving someone so much, even though they don't give you the validation that you need. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really intense. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Daniel's message, blood of the moon on the soul. Do I care if I despise this? Nothing else matters, I know. In a fill of great disguises, seriously a poet yeah i mean yeah that much, question that much is for sure i mean yeah that's all i don't even it's kind of even hard for me to talk about it it's just so emotional yeah i just think you can hear in his voice in a way that i i don't think i've ever heard before in his music just like really hear everything that he's going through right there it's the same thing with the yeah, drum song. Like we were talking about before. It's just like quivering, almost breaking under the weight of what he's dealing with. Like, ugh, could you get more powerful and poignant than that? Um, and I think it's really interesting when you hear a singer do that because, I mean, I know virtually nothing about music, but when it comes to classical music technique, you're not supposed to let your voice break. That's not... But I guess I suppose not. Yeah. But the fact that he's kind of pushing aside what is considered being a good singer for the sake of the emotion of his song and kind of allowing the emotion of his song to be the thing that is the very most important aspect of its presentation is that in and of itself is is the sadness of it. I think. Like the emotion is overwhelming yeah, yeah, his yeah, yeah. his artistry in yeah. certain ways, and in and that yeah, way, yeah. he's like emphasizing his artistry so much. Exactly. Yeah, I think there just there's so many reasons why I chose this song, but I think yeah, each person will probably have a different a different experience when they listen to it. You should listen to the whole thing. 
Anyway, shall we move to your third choice? Yeah, so my last choice is in some ways a happier song, at least for me. I'm one of those people who cries probably the most at really happy things. Like when I'm deeply, deeply sad, I I am kind of numb and I don't know, I always cry at graduation ceremonies and people being reunited. Like I, I just always find oh god weddings just (laughs) i'm out of the game um and so my last choice is hey jude which the beatles version is obviously a classic and really incredible but i specifically want to talk about the joe anderson version which is from the movie across the universe because this song is actually really important for Emmy and I because this is kind of how we met we in the the modern class that we have mentioned in the past we did our final dance like our our, our piece for the um showcase to the Joe Anderson version of Hey Jude and the song is obviously as pretty much everyone knows kind of a sad very melancholy song but there's that that center section that just gets so overjoyed and that was my solo actually everybody kind of went off stage and I (laughs) like skipped on stage we were all wearing these red dresses and I was just kind of like alone on the stage doing some sort of leap or something and it was it's just I still I mean I still remember the moment really clearly it's not like it was my my star solo or anything but it was just kind of a very powerful moment feeling like thousands of people in this audience are just looking at me pretty much leaping across the stage to this incredibly cathartic song um i think the song too what's special about it is that it's a song about support exactly and yeah and to and to just like embody that as you're performing is a pretty a pretty amazing thing and and a lot of the choreography was sort of designed around the idea of support there was a lot of partnering yeah so um, I think for me today it is both simultaneously a nostalgia thing yeah <laughs> and it was a dance that I did when I was 14 and kind of takes me back for that reason but also when I hear it I just think specifically of that moment of just being kind of in the middle of this very literal spotlight and just being overwhelmed by emotion, not necessarily sadness, not necessarily joy, but just kind of the emotion of it. I'll play it now. Don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better
just love it. I think this is a moment to kind of distinguish between songs that make you sad and songs that make you cry, because there's definitely something that brings tears to my eyes, but I'm not necessarily sad about them. Yeah. My third choice is, is really not a typical sad song at all. Um, it's All My Friends by LCD Sound System, one of my favorite bands, which unfortunately are no longer. Um, I still believe they'll get back together one day, even though they insist that they won't. We'll start a letter <laughs> writing campaign. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, they still perform, like, various members still perform together in, like, different iterations. So, like, the chances of them reuniting, at least for, like, a reunion tour, are pretty high. But I am one of, I'm one of the few very lucky people that got to go to one of the last LCD Sound System shows in New York. Mm. But that's besides the point. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I could also go on for days about how much I love James Murphy, the the lead singer and, and sort of the the main the main force, main driving force behind L C D sound system. But um I guess I'll talk about him a little bit because this <laughs> So <laughs> I will. <laughs> anyway. Um he he just like captures the feeling of living in New York better than than anyone uh, else in my opinion. I lived in New York for three years. I went to school there, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, and, oh, God, I love New York so much, but it also just, like, sometimes, like, really weighs on you heavily. There's actually another LCD Sound System song called New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. I'm going to try not to start singing uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... He definitely talks about it there. But anyway, unrelated, All My Friends is is about getting together with all of your people that, like, really make you feel like your best self and just, like, being around them and how powerful and great that is. And and he says in it, if I could see all my friends tonight, it's it's about, you know, wanting everyone that you love to be in the same place at the same time. And um, when I lived in New York, like, even if I was in a period where I was seeing people a lot and, and doing a lot of social things, there's something about the city sometimes like just created this deep loneliness in me. And I think that's just, that's true of a lot of large, you know, busy cities. But I used to, when I was feeling that way, I would put in my headphones and walk around the East Village where I lived, just listening to all my friends on repeat and letting this sort of nostalgic feeling um, of longing for friends past and and wanting everyone to, to be in the same place and, and just also, I don't know, all the feels of New York uh, wash over me. So without further ado, here's all my friends. That's how it starts
I guess really to sum up my feelings about that song, which really is not a classic sad song at all. I mean, it's not even a sad song. It's just definitely just a song that makes me cry specifically. Maybe some others. If you're out there, let me know. Um, but for me, it's the perfect combination of of nostalgia and happiness. And um, I guess we did finish on a happier note yeah. than we started. But I also just have to mention that this is a visual component, so this is kind of cheating because we're an audio podcast, but please forgive me for the moment. So um, when LCD Sound System were ending, they, there was a documentary about the end of the band called Shut Up and Play the Hits. And <laughs> all my friends, a live version is in the trailer, and I can't watch that trailer without crying. I'm not even kidding. It's so pathetic. But it ends with this like shot of James Murphy looking. He's in this warehouse alone, like looking at all his guitars and really realizing it's over. And I think that, I don't know, that's, this song just kind of captures that too because there is something really sad about it underneath if you really listen to the lyrics about wanting to get back to something that maybe doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and really like, you know, all the people that I love... I don't really know that there ever was a time, maybe the only time that all the people that I loved were in the same place was when I was in high school and when I was younger and still lived at home. So I didn't really have as many people spread out. I mean, obviously I had some relatives and stuff that were spread out, but I think at this point in my life, it's very unlikely that all the people that I love will ever be in the same place again. And he, James Murphy in his lyrics sort of is speaking to that in the song. And yeah, that's why it's nostalgic. Nostalgic happiness, thinking about thinking about all your loved ones and and missing them and and loving them and everything at once. I feel all like, the feels. <laughs> I feel like we're getting so angsty, but uh, bear yeah. with us, guys. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's fall. We're allowed to it's be fall. I guess winter now. Oh yeah, it is winter nearly. Well, anyway. Anyway. We're going to move on to a couple honorable mentions just because we really couldn't pare down our lists. No. But. We'll just mention them briefly. So my first honorable mention is World Spins Madly On by the Weepies. And Small Hands by Keaton Henson. And this is really the kicker. I didn't even want to talk about this because it is too sad. I Hope That I Don't Fall In Love With You by Tom Waits. His voice is just... Breaks my heart into a million pieces. Mm. Yeah. Emmy? Okay, my uh, honorable mentions are We Are Fine by Sharon Van Etten. Really worth saying any song by Sharon Van Etten. Uh, she actually sells tissues uh, at her merch table at some of her shows because she's notoriously known for just being so so sad. Uh, I mean, not her, but her, her music. Um, my second choice is Stefan Gangler by Sigaros. Props for the pronunciation. Thank you. I am Scandinavian, so I'd hope that I could at least... I mean, who knows? How, that's probably a rough approximation, but I believe it's either Svevengangler or Svevengangler. I'm if not going to attempt. At all. Yeah. <laughs> and my third choice is Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space by Spiritualized. Also saw them at FYF. Also tearjerkers. So our last section is going to be our picks from our lovely listeners. We have pulled a selection of those that you guys have written in about thank you so much by the way the response was awesome it's really great to hear from you guys so we'll just 
name a couple of yeah, these, name I a guess. Couple. Shout out time. Yeah, perfect. So <laughs> the first one is from Ayana. She sent in two. The first one is Sad Eyed Lady of the Lowlands by Bob Dylan, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's worth noting. <laughs> <laughs> and Lake House by Of Monsters and Men. And Men. It's And Men, right? Of Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so many typos in the show notes. Sorry. Next up from Tom, we've got a couple different ones. First, Downtown and Silver Car Crash by Magical Clouds. Shout out to, uh, I can't remember what episode, but I talked about Downtown a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Laziest podcasters of all time. Yeah. Um, and then Tom also included Epilogue by the Antlers. Great choices. Gita emailed in with Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Necessary addition to any songs that make you cry episode. Mm-hmm. From Luna, we have It Hurts Me Too by Karen Dalton and Outside by Tops. Jack said Heavy Water by Grouper. From Ganilla, Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers. Another classic. Mm-hmm. Michelle emailed us in with Windowless by Birch. Which I hadn't heard before. Yeah. But really good one. Yeah, really great track. Go check that out. It's on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, from Paul. Oh, it's worth noting that Paul sent us a beautiful long list, and we just chose a couple. Yeah, we're going to include them on a Spotify playlist that yeah. we're going to make. But, yeah, some really, some really great tracks on there. But we chose, off of his list, Going to California by Led Zeppelin. White Rabbits by The Shins, and Heroes by David Bowie, which I thought was like a really great unconventional choice, and I totally agree. I think that, that gets me too. That is a similar vein, actually, for me to yeah. the end of Hey Jude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Dana said Should Have Known Better by Sufjan Stevens, another Sufjan pick. Also off the latest album, mm-hmm. another great track. From Matt, we have Needle in the Hay by Elliot Smith and Farewell Transmission by Songs Ohio. And last but not least, from Jenna, we have Crown of Love by Arcade Fire. So, thank you all so much for writing in. We would love to hear any more submissions. We're actually, we'll mention this a little bit later, but we're creating a Spotify account, which will have a very long playlist of all of the saddest songs. So if you have any to add, or just have thoughts about the sad song or the sad girl trope, please email us at ontheearwaves at gmail.com. And that brings us to our final segment, as always, Stuck in Our Heads. Lisa, what's your pick of the week? So this is a very music-themed episode. It's funny, we haven't really mentioned a podcast yet, but I'm going to stick with music. Um, (laughs) Me too. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So I went to a concert a couple months ago, by a band called Leluc, which is spelled L-U-L-U-C. They are a duo from Australia. And I thought I knew their, their album really well. And turns out I only had been listening to their second album. They actually had a small release of a first album that wasn't released in the United States. It was only released in Australia. But they were selling 10 copies on their tour and I managed to get one of them. So cool. I have I have the CD in my car and I just recently stuck it in my my CD player and so that's been playing kind of every time I've gotten in the car recently. It's called Dear Hamlin. Hamlin is spelled H A M L Y N 
And similar to the Sufjan album, it was it's dedicated to the lead singer of Leluk. It's dedicated to her father who passed away. I get the sense that they had a much better relationship than Sufjan and his mother did. And it's just really beautiful. It's this wonderful kind of tribute to family. So the album should be released really soon, I think, on Spotify or elsewhere on the internet. But until then, you should definitely check them out. You'll see them if they're touring. They're still playing at pretty small venues. And they're really worth seeing. So I'm just going to play a quick track. Here we go. Packed my little suitcase It's brown and lined with blue that you once used One of a set of four that went from big to small they belong together. That was Little Suitcase by Leluk from the album Dear Hamlin. Emmy, what's your pick for this week? I've been listening to this band that I found on YouTube randomly. <laughs> it was like in my suggested music to listen to based on the other videos I watch, apparently. Um, but they're great. And they are called Cigarettes After Sex. Really fun band name. Um, and I've specifically been into their EP I. Literally the letter I, period. Um, let's listen to Nothing's Gonna Hurt You, Babe. Nothing's gonna hurt you, babe. They're just, they're a really chill band. Really, I feel like good vibes for winter. I've only found that EP and then like a little two song EP called Affection, but if that they just released recently, the other one is from 2012. But if anyone knows of any other songs by them, send them my way, please. I really like that. Yeah, they're good. And that concludes this very gloomy episode of On the Earwaves. As always, you can find episode information on our website, ontheearwaves.com. You can also find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, and at our personal Twitters. I'm at Lisa underscore M underscore Jenkins, and Emmy is at the Emmy Awards. Emmy is spelled E-M-I. As we mentioned before, we are also now on Spotify at On the Earwaves, and there you will be able to find... A bunch of different playlists stuck in our heads, songs we love, and the sad songs playlist from this episode where we will feature our choices, choices that didn't make the show, and choices from our wonderful listeners. As always, you can contact us at our email address on the earwaves at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please throw us some stars. It's very helpful in terms of exposing us to new listeners. If you like us, 
share us with your friends, share us with your family. We love hearing from any and all listeners. And a big thank you to Dylan Fitzgibbons for our intro music and to Teo Antrim for our logo. If you'd like to get involved either as a co-host or for an interview, please email us. The show is produced by Lisa and marketed by me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for all your submissions. And we will see you next week. Bye.